Are you not entertained? Thoughts by DeVille Dia, the podcast. Are you ready to get into the mind of DeVille Dia? Yeah. Are you ready to dive into the thoughts of DeVille Dia? Yeah. Let's do this without further ado. Yo, welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thoughts by DeVille D.I. the podcast, and this is another episode of Growing Up DeVille D.I. Gladiator School. Growing Up DeVille D.I. is a series where I'm basically telling you different stories from my life and my childhood so you can get a better understanding of how DeVille D.I. developed the personality and the thoughts that he has today. So on this episode of Gladiator School, we're talking about stepping into the arena. Yeah. So, you know, South Georgia, not much to do. Play sports, try to uh, hunch on girls, get in the fights. That was pretty much our routine during summer breaks, fall breaks, winter breaks, <laughs> any type of break we had. So it was pretty boring. And uh, so one night, my couple of the older guys in the neighborhood went up to this Flash Foods. We had two stores in the neighborhood, a Flash Foods that was more like the chain store, you know, there's a million of them in South and Middle Georgia. They're all pretty much the same, you know, hot dogs, chili, nachos, you know, fountain drinks, all that type of stuff. And then we had a Sitco or the Oye store, what we used to call it. That was a store you could go and get your 25-cent uh, canned sodas and those little 25, 50-cent honey buns. So we mostly went to that store because most of us in the neighborhood didn't have a lot of money. But for whatever a reason, they, these guys go to the... The flash food that day, they walk up to the flash foods and they realize that fast food had the genius idea of doing some Coke displays outside of the store. These guys, they were probably uh, 18, 19 years old, you know, late teens, and they decided they were going to grab a whole bunch of cases of sodas and run back to the neighborhood. So that's what they did. So, of course, uh, the neighborhood word travels fast in any neighborhood so we all know that they have this stockpile of cokes at, at one particular guy's house so of course the next day we all convene to this particular house to try to get some sodas out of the guy but he's not giving up any sodas then he comes up with the bright idea you're gonna have to you want a soda you're gonna have to step into the arena so he drew a square in his backyard drew a square in his backyard and hit it was two guys that you had killer b we called him killer b guy from miami and we had um his cousin so he decided if you wanted a soda you're gonna have to slap box killer b now these two guys were known throughout the neighborhood for having nice hands they was nice with the hand game they had quick hands they were known for getting in the fights they were known for roughing people up not even big guys or anything. They were just extremely quick. So if you wanted to soda, you were going to have to slap box Killer B, I think it was for like two minutes or something like that. And he drew this square. And it was like, if you step outside of the square, then you get dropped. So that was our game for the day. So the first guy, he jumps in and he's going with him. Pat, 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 pat. Killer B's eating him alive. He's blocking all his punches. And then I remember this one particular time, um, during that slap box session, session killer he, the guy throws a slap, and killer B blocks with an elbow. Boom! And you heard it, 
he popped the guy. I guess the guy's finger popped out and then popped back in. Tore his finger up, man. And we was like, nah, it ain't worth it. Nobody's getting into the ring with Killer B over no damn sodas. Because you have to look at it. You're already they're putting you up against one of the guys with the quickest hands in the neighborhood. Then, two, you're put in the ring. And if you leave the ring, everybody's we're all standing outside the ring. If you leave the ring, we get to hit you. So, nobody was wanting to jump in there. So, what they changed the game plan. And they decided that we're going to put um going to start matching you guys up against each other. And the winner gets a soda. So, of course, they... They what they were really doing was putting people in there against people that they wanted that they really wanted to see fight, but you know we were all friends so we weren't fighting each other so they wanted to see who was the best of the best so I got thrown in there with who did I get in there with I think I was in there with Mike we were the biggest bigger guys in the neighborhood so they put us against each other boom 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 um, I can't remember who won then they put a Put me in there with my friend Bobby. I beat Bobby for the soda. But, see, me and Bobby was tight, so I won, but we split the soda. And this was what we were doing for a long time. It's that when it's hot, dusty, backyard, slap boxing over sodas. And then a sheriff shows up. So we all haul ass. We run from the sheriff. Uh, I hid up under a tree. I got inside. There was one of those trees. I don't know what the, call, the tree's called, but the branches come, like, real low almost to the ground so I got in the branches and laid down in the tree I guess they were trying to figure out who stole the sodas or something like that so but either way that didn't have nothing to do with me but I still ran because that's what you did when you seen the police in my neighborhood you ran because back then we had officers that would slam the shit out of you if they got their hands on you that was mainly the like drug squad but still the fear was in there so when you saw a police officer you got the hell on you didn't stand around and talk to him so after that, we're we're still going. Now we're just like wrestling around the neighborhood. I'm we're we're like ninth. I'm like ninth grade in the ninth grade. Me, Bobby, Mike, we're in the ninth grade. Uh, most of the other guys I hung with were still in the eighth grade. Then you had the older kids who were you know older high school kids who had by then uh, either dropped out of school or you know were still in school their junior senior years. So we're walking around trying trying to find something to do. And so we decided let's play basketball. Now, there were three options for playing basketball in my neighborhood. One, you had the cool, the cool bougie kid's house. We had my boy TB. His house had the basketball goal. You know, he, they were the, the hip kids in the neighborhood. You know, they had all the latest sneakers, all the new clothes. They had uh, jewelry, you know, since middle school or even further back. I moved there in the middle school. They were wearing jewelry back then. But see, the problem over there was, it was like, <clears throat> they had that yard to where they kick you out of the yard, or the mom would kick you out of the yard to tell you you can't play, only you, you, and you can play, stuff like that. So, it was like, yeah, we could play there, but mm, why? Then the second option was, this old crackhead named Smoke that stayed next door to TB. So, he didn't care if we played back there, it didn't bother him at all. But the problem was, his goal was uh, on a tree. It was a tree with a backboard and a rim. There was no spring in the backboard. You got no type of bounce. <laughs> if your ball hit that rim, it might it'll fly over somewhere. There was no type of bounce on that rim. You had to perfect that, you know, that swoosh, that just straight bucket. No net on it, nothing. So you had to just be nice 
with your shot to be able to uh, to play on that goal. And, you know, we like to run up the tree and dunk it, though. Next option that we had at the time was uh, uh, there was actually four options. We had uh, the Twins, the Twins that stayed up at the top of the neighborhood, but they were never playing basketball. They had a goal, but you had to catch them outside to play, and they were hardly ever outside. And so the next option we had was this girl, this little girl in the neighborhood. Uh, she was probably, I don't know, she was younger than us. So when I was in the ninth grade, she probably was in like the seventh grade, eighth grade, something like that. But she had a little brother, and her little brother had basketball goal. He had trampoline. He had all the cool stuff in here. His, her mom didn't mind us going back there and playing. The only rule was she only wanted us there when she was home, and we were never allowed in the house. So we decided we're going to go over there to play. So we go over there. We're playing basketball, and then her aunt's. Her aunt used to watch her while her mom would be at work. So her aunt's boyfriend would come over there sometimes, and, you know, he he had he uh, had a little brother. And these were the light-skinned, curly-haired guys, you know, the pretty boys. And we didn't really care for the brother, so we'd give him a hard time. Now, we didn't, we didn't care that he was a light-skinned, pretty boy. The thing that bothered us about the brother is that he had privilege that we didn't have. He was able to go into the house. He was able. They would bring him like drinks outside. He'd come outside eating food and shit. And all we could do was be in the yard playing basketball. So that was the real animosity. It was actually jealousy that he had more privileges at the house than we did. But uh, we actually lived in the neighborhood and they knew us. And we'd be over there all the time. But when he shows up, it's like, you know, yeah, you want to come in the house? Uh, you thirsty? All that type of stuff. And we're out there drinking out the water hose. But we got to play ball in their dusty, hot backyard. Every yard in our neighborhood was dusty. There was one when you get into the South Georgia. It's not a lot of concrete around there unless you're in an apartment complex. You know we have houses and yards, and you know that yard that turned that grass. If you play ball on that grass, it turns into just straight dirt. The, the grass dies, and the and the yard the the ground gets harder, and you know that's where we was playing. Yeah, but let's take a break right quick, and then we'll continue the story. So, he's over here on this day, and we're playing ball. He decides he's going to play ball with us, but he keeps stopping play and whining. You know, his nose ring fell out. He He stops. His shoes get dirt on him. He stopped. He kept stopping the game, so we were picking at him. You know, we're giving him a hard time like teenagers do. You know, because we're out there, we're playing pretty much prison ball. But not even prison ball. You know, the 90s was a different era of basketball than it was today. And then it is today. There wasn't a lot of flopping going on. And it wasn't like all these flagrants and all this. You really had to do something to get a flagrant foul. And, you know, play, the play was just rougher in the 90s professionally and you know as kids we would try to emulate that type of play and the goal was set to a level where we could dunk it so of course well some of us could dunk it so instead of being a regulation like 10 foot goal I think we had it down to like nine nine and a half feet something like that you know just high, high enough to make it an interesting game but low enough that we'd be able to dunk it <laughs> so we're playing this so and I was one of the dunkers you know, and 
at some point, uh, something happened to this guy, and he started crying. Yeah, it's a yard full of boys playing basketball, and you start crying. Listen, this girl's little brother used to play with us, and he was probably like seven or eight, and he'd come out there and play ball with us, and, you know, he'd get the same bumps and bruises as everybody else, and he never cried about it, unless he was really hurt. That was the only time he ever cried, but he never really cried like that. And this guy's like 15 years old. He's out here crying. So uh, his brother did, took exception to that. So this big guy, hefty, light-skinned guy, comes running out of the house, and he's talking real reckless, real crazy, not understanding that he's in the Thunderdome. So we all we looking at each other, and we looking at this guy like, is he really getting ready to do this? Because in my neighborhood, we had a code. We would bicker and, and whine amongst each other. Hell, we might even fight each other if it, if we were felt insulted enough. But one thing that you did not do, one thing that you would not do, that would not be allowed, you didn't come from outside the neighborhood and start trouble with nobody. Because we jump you. I jump you. <laughs> Everybody, we jump you. If we couldn't whoop you, we'd go get the older guys in there. You didn't come in our neighborhood disrupting our neighborhood peace. You understand what I'm saying? Without being, you know, jumped. That's just how we was. I'm not ashamed of it. Like I said, I'm not advocating violence. I'm telling stories. And that's how it was at the time. If you were outside of my neighborhood and you came through causing trouble, you was going to get your ass kicked. Whether one person kicked your ass or the whole neighborhood kicked your ass, you was getting your ass kicked. You didn't come around our neighborhood with no foolishness. So he runs out. He's talking real reckless. Yada, 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 yada. And he runs up on my homie Kato, and I think he kind of, like, bumped him. And because I think Kato was the one that hurt him. So he kind of, he, like, bumps him, and Kato hits him with the ball. Bow! And that just set it off because as soon as Kato hit him with the ball, he threw his set up. He squared up on your boy like, what's up? Now, this is a grown man. I don't know how old he was, you know, late 20s maybe, early 30s. I don't know how old this guy was. All I know was he was an adult. And he ran out there, ran up on some kids. Cato hit him with the ball, and he squares up. And so the guy comes at Cato, and, um, you know, he starts, like, throwing punches at him. And so Cato's throwing punches back. And we're trying to figure out, like, is he bullshitting, or is this really, is why we really fighting? Because Cato's trying to... Uh, take his head off Kato was a big guy heavy fat guy and so he threw like wide hard punches he's trying to take this guy head off but he's not connecting and now Kato's getting pissed and so Kato starts crying because he was emotional like that he cried from time to time so that pissed all of us off because you don't come in our neighborhood and mess with anybody so now the crowd is going up there's probably five of us we're going up now so of course me being one of the quote-unquote uh, bigger guys, I run up on him, I'm talking smack, and he turns at me, and I take it as aggression, as if he's, I think, like, he turns like he's going to hit me, so you know what the boy D.I. did? Fired off on this old man. <laughs> so now I'm full-fledged out here fighting a grown man in this lady's backyard, and I'm bing, 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 two hands scanning his ass all, <laughs> all over the backyard, man. It was ridiculous. He ran into... He was trying to get a ray for me and ran into the pole on the basketball goal. We didn't even jump him. I just put them hands on him by myself, and he went and he went in the house. 
and everybody was laughing about it. See, this was our neighborhood, so we didn't even leave, and the the auntie didn't even tell us to leave because this is our neighborhood. She know you ran out there messing with them young boys and got your ass toe up. That's on you. So she didn't even tell us to leave or anything. So the guy he got pissed off and and he got his little brother and they left. And <clears throat> we used to give her hell about that. She came outside. And the other kids was like, how's it feel to have your boyfriend get beat up by a 15-year-old? And we laughed and we laughed and we laughed, man. And we went to school and his brother went to school with us. And everybody was telling the story about how his big brother got beat up at the, uh, got beat up by me in the backyard. And he was kind of scared. The brother was kind of scared because he was wondering uh, if we were going to come after him. Cause we, I fought, we fought his brother, but we didn't bother him. We didn't have a problem with him. We didn't have a problem with the brother until he came out there acting all reckless. So yeah, it was that was part of how one of the incidents where my reputation started to build because I fought this grown man in the backyard and put two hands, scanned his ass like I was bagging groceries back then. Well, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, he never came. I never seen him in the neighborhood again. <laughs> I guess he gave up on that. He just saw her wherever he saw her or they stopped talking or whatever. I don't really know, man. But I didn't know after that, I didn't see him anymore. But, yeah, man, that was the arena today, man. That day we were all fired up full of testosterone and adrenaline. We were had just been slap boxing and wrestling and running from the sheriff and all that type of stuff. So we was, we was already, you know, on go. And then you come out there talking all reckless. And then got your ass drugged by your little boy. Like I said, man, I don't condone violence, man. These are just stories. Just giving y'all the insight on your boy, how your boy grew up. So, yeah, my neighborhood didn't play that. You didn't come through. I remember some guys came through there one time. And <laughs> a bunch of them uh, riding bicycles. And my friends went and took their bicycles. They followed them up to Blockbuster. Y'all remember Blockbuster? Where you could go uh, back seat, yes, kids. Back in the day, there were stores where that had movies and actual physical copies of movies, VHS tapes, and later even DVDs, because we had these things called DVD players and um, VCRs. Yeah, VCRs, man. That was our gateway to the world of media. And we would go to the store, and you had to walk through the whole store. You wasn't no going online and finding what they had. If you wanted to know if they had a particular movie, you had to <laughs> go through the phone book, find the number. The Blockbuster, what we had? We had Blockbuster, we had Video Warehouse, and we had Video 2C. You had to go through the phone book, find the freaking uh, number, call up to the place and ask them if they had the movie, and they'll go in their computer and see if they had it on stock. And then once you got there, you had to walk around, find the movie. Or they sometimes, if they were cool, they hold it for you. You find the movie, take it up there, and you rent it like you get a book from the library. And you think you kept kept it for like a day or two days, and you had to take it back. So they went up to Blockbuster. I don't know why the hell they were in our neighborhood, number one, and going to Blockbuster, number two. They probably were going up there to steal because none of them, they were from, like the, they were from the west side. And we were on the north side, so I have no idea why they were over there. But my friends followed them up to the to the blockbuster and stole their bicycles <laughs> and rode them back to the neighborhood just because they came through the neighborhood. It's like, don't why are you over here? So yeah, 
you know, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it was. And I know there's people out there from the Peppermint Committee that's gonna be like, oh, he's bragging about violence and death and uh, I mean, look, I'm telling you how it was. All of us didn't grow up in gated neighborhood neighborhoods in suburbia, you know, with green grass and you know poodles in the yard. Some of us had it a little bit rougher and tougher, and it changes your mind, mentality. It really does. So, I think it actually built me better, uh, suited, made me better suited for the corporate world because when I walk into these offices, when I walk into these meeting rooms, I have no fear because there's nothing that they can do to me in this room that I haven't had something worse done or attempted to be done to me growing up throughout my life, growing up in the hood, I guess you would call it. Thank you all for tuning in to the VLDI Thoughts by the VLDI. Growing up the VLDI Gladiator School. Leave me a message. Hit me up at Thoughts by the VLDI at Remix Bitches. No, I don't do that on purpose. I have a stuttering problem from time to time. <laughs> Hit me up at Thoughts by the VLDI at gmail.com. Leave me a message. Uh, do me, give me a call in. Go over to the Thoughts by the VLDI Facebook page. Like that. Share it. Subscribe. Like they say on YouTube, man. I appreciate y'all. I'm out of here. Peace.